Welcome everybody. That's called a March 28th, 2022 planning board meeting in session. Um, board member Curtis, would you mind doing the flag salute, please? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Recording in progress. Putting up there, but present. Okay. Hom, remember Hom? Here. Is present. Uh, Rothenberg. Here. And uh, Vice Chair Rees. Present. And Teague. Present. And we have a quorum. Thank you. Um, agenda item number four, agenda changes and discussions. Um, first of all, I would like to make the announcement that um, I have a... Um, Park stop at 8.30 due to prior commitments. Um, so um, we are going to continue agenda number 7C to the next meeting. And meanwhile, I would also, we would like to uh, appoint Chair Pro Tem to, um, to board member Hanson Hom. Andrew, do I need to take a vote on that or? Uh, yeah, I think that would be appropriate. That, so that okay. would be a nomination for board member Hom to act as yes. chair pro tem and then um, also to continue 7C uh, to the next meetings. Anyone like to, do I need somebody else to make the motion or am I? Uh, that could be the motion. Okay, that's would there be a second? Second. I'll second. And just second. all in favor, say aye. 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 Okay, so, so that was unanimous. So anybody here for the housing element discussion item 7C that is being continued to the next meeting of April 11th? So um, thank you. Moving on to agenda number, item number five, oral communications. Anyone may address the board on the topic that's not on the agenda under this item by submitting a speaker information slip subject to the three minute minute time limit. Um, do we have any speakers raising their hand? Seeing none, let's move to agenda item number six, consent calendar, and there's none on the um, consent calendar. So moving on to regular agenda item 7A, um, Tentative map for 2350 Saratoga Street. Um, Staff, is there a presentation? Yes, um, just a very brief one from David Sablon. Yeah, hi. David. Uh, Go ahead, David. This is uh, David Sablon um, with the Planning, Building, and Transportation Department. Um, this application is for a condo map for uh, Building 8 um, at Alameda Point, uh, address 2350 Saratoga Avenue. Um, uh, this, yeah, th this um, map will not be creating any individual uh, live work units. It's just going to be div dividing the building uh, into three parts. Um, 
and yeah, so there's there's no new uh, new units. Uh, the actual property lines are not changing, um, and the applicant is requesting this for financing purposes. Um, and so that's really really it. Um, the planning board will make a, a recommendation to the city council and take final action on the map. And if anybody has any questions, um, I'll be able to take them. Thank you, David. Now I open up to um, board member questions. And just a reminder, this is a question for questions only. We can have comments after um, public comments. Um, board member Hong. Yeah, thank you, um, uh, staff. Um, just one question is more of a technical question relating to the building code. Uh, when with the spaces divided into three, three um, parcels or based three airspace, I suppose. Um, usually, there's firewall requirements. I thought between um, the, the, at the property lines, and it looks like there's common corridors that connect. If I'm understanding this, there's common corridors that are connecting the three parcels, interior corridors. So are there gonna be like fire doors or how, how's, how's that uh, reviewed as far as compliance with building code? Uh, well, yeah, um, building official actually um, reviewed, reviewed these plans and, and worked with their, their engineer on kind of creating this uh, plan so that uh, it'll meet building code and, and fire separation requirements. So will there be like fire doors between the common corridors or? Yes, yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't see that on the plans, but I may have missed it. Okay, yeah. Thank you. That that was really my only question. Sure. Or member Rothenberg. Oh, thanks for David for the um, the presentation. I guess my question. I I I, I wasn't that familiar with the uh, uh, prior approvals, but I assume that all the all the numbers. Uh, a jive as um, in terms of the number total number of units approved over time, and this just pertains to three of them. So, I I was a little confused about the uh, from the language in the uh, staff analysis under analysis paragraph two. I'll just read and then I'll tell you what my question was. It says, this means that work live units cannot be sold individually as prohibited by AMC section 30-15.5E. As a stipulation for more project financing, the applicant's lenders are requesting that the applicant receive approval for this condominium plan. In the event, so this is the, the sentence that um, I wanted to clarify. In the event that the bank must take over the building, this allows the selling off of smaller portions rather than the entirety of the large building of which there is a smaller market for buyers. But then in the, in the resolution, it says um, in the general terms, I think it was number four, no work live studios or any portion thereof shall be sold as an individual unit per the, per the, um, the city ordinances. So I guess I was confused about not about why the why the lender has the stipulation, but rather, isn't the whole point of condominiumizing it that they can be sold as individual units? Whereby, does is it true that the city prohibits this type of 
entity to be sold as individual units? And then, you know, is there an inherent conflict or am I just not understanding what the, what the city ordinances allow and what the lender needs, which seems to make sense in terms of how condominiums are configured. And that's my only question. Thank you. Yeah, uh, well, yes, the, the city's ordinance does prohibit uh, individual sale of uh, work live units. Um, and actually here, let me share something here. Um, so this is really uh, what the the building, uh, the the subdivision is. It's so it's basically the whole area of the, the a third of the building, um, as opposed to each individual unit. And so, this portion of the building could be sold to a different entity. This portion could be sold to a different entity. And then, um, you know, the CCNRs have uh, uh, put, you know, as far as building maintenance and and, and, and site maintenance uh, onto an owners association. So A, B, and C are essentially the condominiums that are being created by this map. So if for the if the developer defaults, then on any one chunk, then individually the banks can sell sell so them the, off in chunks. Oh, so then the occupants, just just so I understand it, the uh, the occupants of uh, the the prospective occupants of the individual um, work live units. The, the ones that are made smaller by virtue of the whole institutional history, they would not be the owners. They'd be the tenants. Correct. Correct. And, yes. and so they're not going to vest ownership. The ownership is by the landlord, in which case the whole the whole building has been condominiumized, not the individual tenancies. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yes. Thank you. And and that really is a safeguard measure because uh, work live units are by definition in They're our commercial commercial units, yeah. not residential. And our only way to oh, oh, enforce oh. that mm -hmm. is if if any of the tenants do not use it use that space as a commercial space, right? Then it's upon the landowner, the the, the building owner, to um, the city would 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 hold them responsible. Right. I, yeah, I thought the conditions as they were itemized. Um, enumerated in the resolution. We're quite specific about that, but I just did not understand the general configuration of the of the um, transaction and and it's and how it vests here. So thank you. Um, any other board member questions? Seeing none, that's open for. Um, Public comments. Do we have any public comments? No public comments at this time. Thank you. With that said, let's close public comment session. Um, now that's open to your discussion. Um, board member Teague. Yes, uh, thank you staff and everyone. Uh, other than the typo on the tentative map where they misspelled authorization, uh, in the title block twice, uh, which it's a tentative map, so it can be corrected. Um, I, I move that we recommend that the city council uh, uh, move forward as indicated in the draft resolution. I second. So we have a motion and a second. Do we have a further board discussion? Seeing none. Um, should we take, let's take a vote. Board member Cisneros. 
Aye. Sorry. Curtis? I'm calling from my phone. Aye. Hong? Aye. Rothenberg? Aye. Ruiz? Aye. Teague? Aye. That motion passes. Thank you. Now let's move on to agenda number 7B. Design review for um, 1245 McKay Avenue. Staff, do you have a presentation? Yes, Henry Dong, Planner 3 will uh, give a staff presentation. And I believe the applicant wishes to speak after that. Henry? You're on mute. Good evening. Um board members, Henry Dong with the Planning, Building and Transportation Department. Um, I'm gonna give a brief background for the project and then Doug Biggs with Alameda Point Collaborative would like to give an introduction. And then we'll have the architect, Gary Struthers, who will provide a presentation of the design. So the request uh, before your board tonight is to review the design review amendment application for the new senior convalescent living building at 1245 McKay Avenue. Um, so as mentioned, the project is located um, at 1245 McKay, um, just south of the intersection of McKay Ave and Central Avenue. Um, the site is zoned AP District L, um, Administrative Professional and uh, senior convalescent facilities are permitted by right in the uh, AP zone. Um, surrounding um, Properties include apartments to the north and to the west, and the uh, Neptune Plaza Shopping Center and uh, condominiums to the east. And then to the south, we have the uh, East Bay Regional Park District uh, properties. Um, on the property, the two main buildings are um, building one to the north and then uh, building two, which is the, um, the site of the um, project tonight. So the, um, the planning board uh, originally approved uh, design review application, design review application to rehabilitate uh, 50,000 square foot building two as a senior convalescent facility containing 99 units back in June of 2020. Um, that decision was appealed and approved by the city council um, in July later that year. Um, subsequently, Alameda Point Collaborative and the architects determined that the cost to rehabilitate the existing building would be financially infeasible and are now requesting an amendment to the 2020 design review approval to construct a new approximately 61,000 square foot senior convalescent facility that's containing 101 units. In terms of CEQA for this project, design review projects are not subject to CEQA and the city has also adopted a mitigated negative declaration uh, for the project in 2018. Uh, the proposed changes do not increase the severity of the impacts analyzed in the mitigated neg deck or change any of the mitigation measures that were adopted. Um, the project received approval of the demolition of the building last year when the HAB and the council approved a certificate of approval to demolish the buildings on the site. Um, that was followed last year by the planning board and the city council approving 
design review for the new medical respite building that will replace building one on the site. So this amendment is the last piece to this wellness center um, project. And just to clarify, the demolition of the building has been approved and the use of the building is permitted by right. And so these two aspects are not being considered by the board tonight. So the request of the board is focused um, primarily on the design review amendment application. So staff reviewed the architectural plans and we think this revised building design um, that APC has brought forward looks great. And the style and materials fit in nicely with the surrounding neighborhood and the project meets the development standards, zoning requirements for the site and so we are rec recommending the board approve the design review um, amendment. And so that concludes uh, staff's introduction. If there aren't any uh, questions, we can have uh, Doug Beeks um, provide his introduction. Doug has his hand, Mr. Biggs has his hand um, raised in the audience. Okay, I'm moving on. Vice President Ruiz. Yes, hang, hang on a second. Um, did you say there, the applicant has another presentation or not? Yes, um, the applicant's gonna uh, provide an introduction and then uh, the architect's gonna present the design. So I ask that board members, please hold your questions until the presentation is complete. All right, uh, good evening. Members of the, the planning board, it's a, it's a pleasure for me to be here tonight. My name is Doug Biggs. I'm the executive director of the Alameda Point Collaborative. I'll be very brief and turn it over to Gary Struthers, who could best speak about this project and the design aspects. I just a couple of things I want to point out that we're very proud of and also relate to the project. First off, as, as Henry said, this is an amendment that uh, was brought about by the fact that after doing a, a feasibility assessment on rehab and doing some um, exploratory demos determined the, the uh, original buildings could not safely house uh, the homeless seniors we wanted to serve. And so we have to start from the ground up requiring a, a redesign. I'm happy that we were able to keep a lot of the, the look and feel of the original buildings uh, in the plan while improving on the layout dramatically for, for providing the best services we can for seniors. I think we've also been able to, to create a good Face to the to uh, McKay Avenue, um, while still preserving the dignity of the residents that want to live out their lives there. Um, this is, as Henry mentioned, our last hearing. We're looking forward to breaking ground in the the summer and moving forward on this project as as expeditiously as possible. With that, I'll turn it over to Gary Struthers to present more of the design detail, and I'll I'll stay around to answer any questions that may come up. He's promoted to panelists. He should pop up shortly. Good evening. Uh, thank you for uh, having us uh, present this this evening. Henry, can you bring up the slide presentation? Sure, one second here. And I don't know if you want to put that into slideshow mode. Okay. 
Thank you. Um, so Gary Struthers with Piatak Architects, um, very excited to be working on this project. Yeah, Henry, do you want to advance to the next slide, please? Oh, this has taken a moment to load. Okay, so our design principles, you know, we were, we were really looking at um, the history of the site. It's got a long and interesting history. We were looking at uh, creating a community between uh, our housing building and the adjacent respite center. We're looking at connections to the site and to nature, which you'll see uh, further into the slideshow. Not sure why this is not loading. Um, and we're really focused on sustainability. And I apologize that- You need to click a few times. Most of the text here is not loading. That's fine. We can move on to the next slide, please. There we go. Uh, again, a, a strong focus on sustainability. Uh, very early on in the design process, we have engaged a consultant to uh, help us to really focus on the sustainability. And you can see that in our uh, tentative scorecard, we're, we're targeting a, a gold rating under the Greenpoint rated system. Um, we're focusing on an all electric building. We're focusing on uh, high efficient systems. We're focusing on uh, using as little water as we can. Um, and we have an opportunity for a pretty significant solar array on the roof if we can achieve that. Uh, next, please. In the site design, you'll see um, you know, much of the original parking lot remains on the south part of the site. Of course, you know, the most sustainable thing you can build is what you don't build. So by leaving as much of that existing parking as is feasible, we're, we're not touching that aspect of the site. We uh, have oriented the main entrance to the north side uh, so that we are relating well to the respite center. Um, you can see we have a, a courtyard on the north side that connects to the respite center and then a courtyard on the south portion of the building uh, that is specifically for residents. And you'll see with this great visual connection through the entire building, we'll see that on a, on a further slide. Uh, next. So this is the bottom image is the street from McKay. We're standing in front of the respite center and we're looking down towards the waterfront. You can see the main entrance to the building. We really accented the main entrance as part of the design. Uh, you'll also note that you know strong horizontal features, which are hearkening to the building that was there um, and breaking up the long massing. Uh, it's the flat elevation on top. And we could jump to the next, please. Again, the, uh, the elevation on top from McKay, the elevation on the bottom is from the west side of the site, which is really only going to be visible from the adjacent uh, apartment building. Next slide. Um, I have the plans here only for reference. If we need to in discussion, I don't think we're going to focus on the plans much because you're more concerned with, you know, how does this sit on the street and what does it look like for the neighborhood? So we can pass the plans. We'll come back to those if we need to for discussion. And that's the upper floor. So this is the, the center of our building. And you can see the courtyard on the north relates to the orientation and the entrance to the respite center. And the courtyard on the south would be for uh, residents. And we have these expansive openings, uh, a nanowall type system, maybe not nanowall, but, uh, but a nanowall type system. 
so that we have these sight lines that go through the entire building. And so from the north courtyard, you're going to see all the way out to essentially the waterfront. So the connection to the site, the connection to nature was really critical part of the program for the residents. Uh, next. This is a, a, a diagrammatic sketch of the courtyard between the buildings. We have this trellis component in the middle. Um, I would tell you that at this moment, the trellis portion of this is pretty tentative. We'll be working very closely with the landscape architects to figure out the exact form of that trellis. But you know, it's a, a, a key piece of creating a, a shared space between the two programs. Uh, next. This is the south courtyard. And if you look on the right-hand side, you can again see that big expansive opening that connects the two courtyards visually. And you can see through the entire program all the way to the waterfront. Next. Uh, again, this, the, the view from McKay. Um, we're standing close to the, the pedestrian way, looking back towards the respite center. Again, you can see the Strong horizontal features. Uh, each unit has pretty significant amount of, of windows so that they have a great visual connection to the site, to the outdoors. We're using the, the overframing, which is the, uh, you can see to the left-hand side, the, the warmer color as a way of breaking up the long expansive uh, street facade. Next. Again, from McKay, at this point, we're standing on the south end of the site, looking back towards the north end. Next. And finally, uh, you know, our materials, pretty simple stucco uh, storefront, uh, dark windows, but we took all of our color cues um, from, from Crab Cove itself, from the surroundings. So uh, I try to keep that brief, so hopefully we can open up for discussion and answer any questions you might have. Thank you. Um, now open up for um, board member questions. Board member T. I had a question, two questions, oh, well, probably three. Um, how, are there sufficient laundry facilities for the numbers? Looking there's one. Yes, Henry, room. if you jump to the plan, yeah, we actually have- Like um, A202. We have, we have laundry rooms on both floors so that uh, tenants don't have to transverse vertically through the building to get to the laundry room. Uh, Henry, I don't know if you can zoom in just to the right on the plan, just to the right of the community room. Yeah, is, is that laundry room sufficient for 50 units? Yes, yep. Okay, what, how is trash being handled from the units? We have a trash room on the northwest side of the building up towards the uh, where the turnaround is. I don't know. Can you all see my mouse? Right. So there's a trash room there uh, for for residents on the ground floor. Uh, they would simply go into the little vestibule and they'd have a, a, a hopper as you would if you had a trash chute. And then, of course, all the residents on the second floor would be a trash chute. Okay, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, and then I had a question for staff or city attorney, which is um, there are no requirements as far as I know, but I'm checking for clarification that an applicant can come and amend their design review 
for whatever reason they want. There, there is no requirement uh, for that reason to match anything on our part. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes, okay. it's, it's a review if, application, correct. Yeah, so it could be they just changed their mind. They could easily come in for an amendment. So the while the justification is sounds great, it really isn't in our purview to decide whether it's a reasonable reason to ask for an amendment. Is that correct? correct. That's correct. And in fact, your findings for design review approval tonight is really just three. One, whether the project meets the zoning general plan and development standards. Two, whether the design of the building itself relates well to the site, is a good use of the site. And three, whether the architecture design of the building relates well with the neighborhood. So Great. Thank you very much for those clarifications. Thank you. Uh, four members Cisneros. Okay, um, hopefully you can hear me. Um, thank you for that overview. And also thank you uh, for listing out uh, the specific uh, purpose um, for this review. Um, I just had a, a broader question, just knowing that um, uh, financial feasibility has been an issue in the past. And um, I just, uh, I'm curious if, there's any foreseen potential issues with the rise of construction costs. And I, um, I've heard like sometimes projects are over-designed and that doesn't seem to be the case with this project. It seems like you said that um, there's simple designs and I think it's beautifully done and, you know, great bright colors. But I just wanted to um, pose that question, um, you know, with I think our shared goal of wanting to push this project as expeditiously um, forward as quickly as possible. Yeah, I appreciate the question, member. Um, we've really been diligent in um, looking at the cost impact of every decision we've made. And in fact, we've we've gone through quite a few iterations. To, at one point, we had a, a, an L-shaped wing coming off the bottom uh, and we were able, doing a lot of work to be able to eliminate that and just have the two major legs kind of as we refer to them on this. Um, and our initial cost estimates are that it's within um, the current, you know, per per unit rates of, of housing. Um, it is, a, it's a challenging time right now because housing costs and construction costs are kind of going all over the map right now. They're going up because of fuel prices. Um, but at the same time, I don't think we've ever been at a time in history when there's been the, the housing funds available that there are now. So we're hopeful that we can keep going on the, the, the route we're going and, and match um, the design we have with the funding that, that's out there. This is also the very last stage of it. So we're, you know, once we get past this, then, then we're all geared up and ready to go with the remainder of the, the, the funding applications to get it going. Thank you. Um, board member Hong. Thank you. And um, thank you, staff and Arctic, for a very uh, thorough presentation. The plans are very comprehensive, which I, I do appreciate. I just have uh, probably more detailed questions than anything. Um, maybe you know, the question for the architect. The staff report indicates that the windows are going to be recessed, which is, is nice and adheres to design guidelines. How much of a recessed window? element are you providing? So we have two different conditions. Um, in the basic condition, 
all of the windows will be recessed, the, the minimum two inch requirements. Um, but then as you look along the street front, um, we have these overframe conditions where you can see, Henry, I don't know, can you zoom in on the top elevation at all? Yeah, I'm not sure if I can zoom with this, let's see. Okay. Right, perfect. So you'll notice that we have a slight change in the color. It reads a little better in the, in the perspective views and I'll apologize for that. But where you see these changes in the color and you see these strong horizontals, which is a reveal versus a control joint, we have an overframe. Uh, and, and that's one way that we're using a simple architectural tool to break up long elevation, long stretches of elevation. At the overframe, that window will be recessed about eight inches. Mm. So along the street, along McKay, we're going to have pretty deep recessed windows. Everywhere will meet the minimum two inch requirement. Okay. Or two or four. Sorry. Okay. I see that in the perspective. Uh, the what you were referring to those like like four windows per section that has the extension right that. yep yeah so all of our windows are recessed and at the overframing there are deeper recess okay 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 and then uh just uh, some questions regarding the site plan if i may um one is regarding the lighting plan i i do see a detail for what appears to be a freestanding uh, light fixture, decorative freestanding light fixture. I maybe I missed it, but I couldn't see a lighting plan um, for the site. I do see that you're planning to provide some scone lighting along the wall. I'm just wondering for the parking lot, the landscaped area, just a site area. Is is there a lighting plan also? I, I if there, I there is, and and I'll apologize that it's not in the PowerPoint for tonight, but it is in the is in the packet? drawings that planning has. And, and of course, this is, you know, very early on. So as we continue with the design, we'll be evolving that lighting, working with the electrical engineer and with the lighting consultant. Um, but we do address the lighting of the building in a way to try and minimize light pollution. Um, there will be landscape lighting in particular. Henry, I don't know if you can jump to the site plan. The, the parking for the respite is in that west side where you see the red color trees mm -hmm. and so that pathway along the west border of our building is how respite staff will get between their parking and and their entrance and so that whole pathway will need to be properly lit to allow for you know safe travel between you know their workplace and their parking is that where the bullets are being proposed that i saw detail for yeah that would be right the, the lighting within that landscape area would likely be bollards yeah yeah okay i think typically we have i think as a planning board we've asked for a lighting plan on some previous projects so and it is part of the full set of documents it i apologize that it didn't make it into the powerpoint oh okay 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 thanks and then um just two other questions uh i okay let actually we get back to the lighting so are there going to be some new street lights installed along the mckay that is a coordination issue that's that's further down the road. Um, I, you know, the the street of McKay is a, a very complex issue. It's going to require a, a great deal of coordination because it's 
it's still owned by, I believe the state, Henry, you know this better than I do, but it's managed by uh, East Bay Regional Parks District. So mm-hmm. anything that we do along McKay is going to require a great deal of coordination with a number of different stakeholders. Yeah. And maybe for staff, is staff going to require some upgrades to the street lighting? I realize the complexity of different, different agencies, but as far as development standards, it, I do notice the street's pretty dark at night. I can jump in and address that. So um, yes, Mr. Struthers is correct. The street is owned by the state of California, managed by the East Bay Regional Parks District. Staff has had conversations with the park district about um, improvements along McKay, not just lighting, but also just, uh, you know, for uh, improved ped and bike access. And um, that's something that's um, in the works, uh, but it, it it might be a few years down the line. What the park district is focusing on um, right now is a master plan for the park. And once that's done, they would go through and we, we would uh, conceivably work with them to improve, make street improvements along McKay. And of course that has to get uh, state approval down the road as well. So the East Bay Regional Park District will be responsible for doing any street improvements? on. McKay? Correct, yes. Oh, okay. and, and the city has been on record wanting to work with them to um, ensure that that uh, we we have common goals. That are oh, met. okay, okay, okay. Then two more quick question. One is I I appreciate that you're keeping the street trees on McKay. All the other trees on the site are being removed. Was there a valuation done on whether any of the existing trees were worthy of um, keeping in the parking lot or in the um, respite area? Yes, we've been working uh, very closely with, and you can see their logo here, with uh, Jet Landscape Architects. And they have the uh, Arborist Report, and they've worked uh, pretty tirelessly with that um, and, and determined what trees can be saved and, and what trees really need to be replaced. So I'm, so I'm not seeing any of the site trees being preserved, if I'm reading that correctly. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't have that that committed to memory. But again, the, there's a full civil and landscape package in the drawing submittal that's not in the PowerPoint. Yeah, I'm looking at sheet L1 that shows this, the tree inventory plan. And it. I'm not, I'm not sure whether X means there's doesn't indicate that they're being removed or what. Maybe it's just an X marks where a tree is. But it. I'm not clear seem to say to be removed and there's not, it does say the street trees are being preserved, but I don't see that there's indication of any on-site trees being saved. Well, yeah, certainly as we move forward with the design, we, we can review that closely and, and determine what, if any, are worth saving. Okay, okay. There are some trees on the far left that we're, we're keeping um, and all of the street trees because they, mm-hmm. you know, first off, they aren't on our property, but you can see the listing on the right is from the uh, arborist assessment, and many of the trees are in poor condition. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do notice that a lot of the trees are not worth saving. Just wondering if there's any that are worth saving. Um, I mean, acacia trees are generally not considered prime. Um, okay, last question: the gate. It sounds like you're replacing the gate. Um, that goes into the parking lot and maybe at the northern end between the convalescent uh, facility and the wellness center. 
Um, is there any, was there any discussion about putting something a little bit more decorative than just a wrought iron gate? Well, the, the gate between the buildings on the north is really under the purview of the respite design team. So okay. I, I can't speak to that one. Um, the gate at the south has to be moved uh, to, to accommodate the, the slight change to the parking area. Um, you know, we were looking at replacing it in kind, but we can certainly study other options for that, Kate. Okay, okay. And we can work with, you know, planning staff to, when we get down to that level of detail. Yeah, okay. Anyway, thank you. Uh, those are my questions, uh, Chair Ruiz. Thank you. Thank you, Board Member Hong. Board Member Rothenberg. Yes, thank you for uh, the presentations and of course my fellow board members insightful questions. So I realized just a, a few things, just starting with uh, some of the site features. I know that the project is not subject to CEQA as explained in the environmental review section of the staff report and the associated uh, documents. And I didn't have time to look up the amendment to the mitigated de negative declaration, but I'm assuming because uh, things are done so responsibly that that the uh, any any um, aspects of moving from a repurposing of an existing building to a new building were covered in the MND, and that the mitigations included talking about trees included removal of existing trees when the seabirds aren't nesting because uh, there's a lot of birds out there. If you happen to be in the Christmas bird count and you saw bird watchers, you'll know that there are, there are quite a number of species out there. And I would, I would um, urge, urge the, um, the team when the time comes to just uh, make sure that all the uh, boxes are checked in terms of when trees are actually removed. Um, I, I thought in terms of des the design review that is subject to this, hearing, uh, I, I think the overall programming, I agree with my fellow board members. If you look at a page uh, A, sheet A, 1.10, it shows the site plan nicely. And it seems as though the whole configuration, the massing of the building, the, um, uh, the design iconography, the visual features, materials, and so forth are appropriate and certainly affordable uh, with, with one proviso, having lived at Ocean Beach for 30 years, uh, the, the white stucco, it, 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 it really suffers in a marine environment. So I would urge the, um, the architects and their clients to take a look at the exact means and methods of the stucco or whatever uh, composite materials you use. If it's not stucco, whatever affordable uh, some some modular systems are very good too, and that that they're appropriate um, applications for for a marine setting, which is what you have out there, because those materials uh, they they uh, weather badly over a short period of time in that setting, and certainly white white is going to get very 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 dirty. The other feature that I wanted to ask you about the transparency. Well, oh, one other thing. I, if you look at A1.10, I thought that the uh, massing and the design features were actually much more appropriate to the setting 
then the features of the associated wellness center, at, which at, the two buildings don't seem to relate to each other very well at all, in my view. But as I recall, I was, I was a nay on the approval of the design for the wellness center. Um, uh, so I thought that that was a, an interesting feature that as to, as to the transparency of the, the, the uh, uh, courtyards and the windows that open, I wondered about security features in that setting, which is very quiet at night and how you're gonna secure it consistent with uh, the, the uh, ambient light and the other aspects of livability that you um, are, are trying to achieve there. I, I, one last thing, I, we've talked about this before, if, if or since the project requires a public art, the fencing is an excellent way to accommodate the public art. So I would encourage the architect to work with the city and the art commission to look at that as an option for the design of the features on the perimeter of the property. And those are my comments, thank you. Thank you, board member Rothenberg. Um, reminder, this is a board member questions and then we'll, then we'll open up for comments later. Um, I only have one question for the designer. Um, is there some sort of buffer between um, McKay Street and the residents on the ground floor studio units? Um, can anybody just walk through the landscape and um, approach into the units or is there some sort of buffer? Well, we, uh, we're now required to have a 20 foot setback, whereas the existing building sits pretty much right at the sidewalk. Um, but at the moment, the buffer is, uh, is the landscape itself. Uh, we don't currently have a fence. There is, a, there is an art program, an installation planned there, um, but it was, it was my understanding that, that the planning folks were somewhat opposed to the idea of putting a fence along that street. So we can certainly work with planning in, in terms of figuring out what is the best way to, to keep that safe. But, um, you know, the, the building will be staffed. Uh, there will be a resident manager on site. Um, and so, you know, security will be something we're mindful of the entire way through. Again, at the moment, the buffer is really the landscape itself. Thank you. And I'm not specifically asking for fence. I'm just asking if there's anything. So thank you for the clarification. Um, any more board member questions? Seeing none, that's open for public comments. There's no um, public, uh, there's one attendee just raise your hand, Carmen Reed. Hello and good evening. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Sure. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I'm on the. I'm uh, on. Hang on a second. Sorry, Ms. Reed. Um, can Excuse we start me. the timer, please? So our speaker knows. Thank you. Thank you so much, Planning Board members. Um, I'm actually on the on the East Coast right now, so it's a uh, it's 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 a little late for me. Um, but um, but thank you so much, and thank you for the presentation. I sent you a letter earlier this evening, and I hope that you had a chance to review it. It referenced the staff draft resolution, the MND, and an environmental review that was from 2018. 
And that review was based on reuse, not demolition. And it does seem that with this significant change, a new environmental report should be done before moving forward. Um, it seems that the public, um, since we have been so involved in this project, right, since the election, et cetera, that, um, that the public deserves to have that done. Um, this project does not seem to be, um, well, it does not seem in good faith to fall under what would typically qualify as an amendment scenario, for example. Also, could your board please clarify whether or not the architects had initially designed a plan for the wellness center, assuming full demolition of the site? I think this is, an, this is a very important question that should be addressed as it appears their plan was prepared March 7th, 2019, a full month before the election, which proposed very clearly um, to the voters repurposing of the site. There is a pending nomination to the National Register of Historic Places that will be held on April 29th in Sacramento. The nomination is being supported as eligible by the Office of Historic Preservation. And I respectfully ask that you wait until the determination is settled before approving any design review. And lastly, I agree with board member Rothenberg that white stucco is an inappropriate material for marine adjacent environments and that the proposed housing and respite buildings do not visually relate well to one another. Um, so thank you very much and I hope you have a nice evening. Thank you. Next speaker. Josh Dyer. All right. Thank you. Thank you, members of the thank you, members of the planning board. Um, I, I am also a member of the public, um, and I recall having voted not once but twice to have this property be devoted to um, elderly people and medically el medically fragile elderly people. I am pleased to see the, the quality of the design and the thought going into this project. Um, like old buildings are old and they fall apart. I just, just seems to make sense that if we wanna have a um, top flight, high quality facility for uh, elders and um, older retiree type people, um, it, it's, they, they deserve to have it and we can do it. Um, I I think it's like a, a win for dignity in our community. The, the more facilities we have like this, the more dignified we're able to allow people to be um, in, in their, their later years. Um, this is something that the community is in fact very much in favor of. And uh, I'm glad that um, there's, there's, um, I'm glad that I, I expect that you're gonna be voting to, to advance this um, today. And I'm happy, I'm happy about that. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have any more speakers? There are no speakers at this time. With that said, that's close. This closed the um, public comment section. Session. Um, now let's move on to board member discussions. Um, board member Teague. I'd like to thank staff and the public and the applicant uh, for everything. Um, I'm going to echo board member Homs comment regarding the lighting plan. Um, it is actually not in our packet, but this is 
not unusual for projects for us to approve um, and that I would be supportive of moving this forward with an amendment that requires the city planning staff to review and approve the lighting plan uh, for the project as we have done on other projects in the past. I am fully in support of moving this forward. Um, given our scope, uh, this is the design review and amendment to it. And reading through the, the findings and uh, resolution, um, I am fully in support of this with that um, amendment. Thank you. Thank you. Board Member Curtis. Thank you. Um, I also echo um, what my fellow board members have said um, with regard to this project. But you know, I followed this project um, uh, from the very beginning. And I have to say that, that it's been a controversial project. It's, be, it's been one that's required a vote. Uh, I think that, that a tremendous job has been done as far as building something that the community can be proud of. I think that those who, who objected to the project had their say, we had a vote and the project was approved, it was appealed, it was approved again, it was appealed and approved again. And I don't, I, the thing that, that concerns me is that I, I kind of wonder with some of the, the things that are being thrown and some of the stuff that I've read with regard to objections to this project, whether or not there are objections, objections based upon what the project does and the scope of the project or something just to delay the project so that it, it, it doesn't get built as quickly as it could. And I don't think that the public realizes, especially the, the, exponent, the, the exponents of this project realize that the delays, the project's gonna get built. The delays that happen cause the project to cost more money than what it would be, or even erode the quality of the project because of the delay. And the only one who pays for it is the public. The public pays for it. We're, we're providing a project that does a service to the community and does a service to the disenfranchised. And, you know, regardless of what your feelings are, the majority has approved it. Statutarily, the project should be approved and I'm fully in support of it. Thank you. Thank you. Board Member Hall. Thank you. Um, I, I agree with what board members Curtis and Teak has said about the project. I think it's a uh, it's nice design, uh, it works well on the site, uh, uh, nice landscaping plan. So I, I, the project to me is uh, very acceptable for the site. Uh, I thought maybe this is for the city attorney or for staff, just for the record, the sequel question that, um, that Ms. Reed brought up. Uh, I realize that this is a design review, as staff mentioned, so it's not you know, subject to CEQA. I guess the question is this, um, not seeing the mitigated neck deck, what did the mitigated neck deck evaluate the demolition of the building for historical purposes? Uh, um, I just wanted to kind of verify that since I assume the building is over 50 years old. Sure, I can answer that. Um, 
Yeah, the original mitigated neg deck didn't analyze all of the demolition of the buildings, but um, last year when they have the Historic Advisory Board and the um, City Council adopted uh, an addendum to the mitigated neg deck as part of their uh, certificate of approval um, resolutions. So that, that considered um, the changes that um, Ms. Reed was talking about. Okay, so ju just for the record, the mitigated negative decoration did cover the potential demolition of the building as one of the options. I just want to make sure. That, that is correct. That seems, okay, that seems to be, when I was reading some of the public comments, a little bit of confusion about that. And I see that the city attorney might have a comment. Oh yeah, just a quick clarification. I think what Henry was saying um, is that the addendum to the mitigated negative declaration covered the demolition oh. of buildings on site. Oh, okay. Okay, the addendum did. Okay. Nevertheless, the mitigated negative correction covered the historic resource and the potential demolition. Okay. Just want to make sure that was clear for the public. Thank you, Board Member Hong. Any other board discussions? Okay, I have a few comments specifically um, addressing the design. Um, I would like, I understand that um, we, we probably, it's probably not appropriate to provide a fence along McKay. Um, we want the building to be integrated as part of the streetscape, but I would recommend to provide more heavy um, planting along the base of the window uh, um, adjacent to the um, ground floor resident units, just so that they can have more privacy and somebody cannot just walk straight up to the window and there's more heavy planting at the base of it. So please work with the, your landscape architect to um, achieve that goal. Um, second comment concerning the design. First of all, thank you for the presentation. And I do say that um, it's a very well executed and the design is appropriate for the site. Um, few comments, um, I caution against the use of bright colors. So um, I understand the goal is to liven up the building, but often um, the color, the bright colors that's selected is associated with affordable housing. Um, so I would caution you to, you know, review those bright colors and um, see if it's appropriate for this building type. Um, and second thing is, I appreciate that um, the front entry with this new plan is a lot easier to find where the front door is. Um, and I can see the marquee and the overhang. At the same time, as then I see the front door is a little bit diminished. And I almost want to you know, encourage you to maybe use a double door, have make it a little more grander rather than a, a nice awning and come down to a more diminutive um, front door. I feel like that's a little bit undersized. But that is something you can work with the, um, the staff on resolving um, color because, again, you know, I'm just very concerned about the bright colors that's being proposed um, on, on stucco. It can appear to be very cheap. So um, with that said, um, do we have a motion at the table? Yes, um, Board Member T. I move that we approve the design review amendment with the uh, addition of the requirement of the applicant to provide and get approved by staff a lighting plan for the site. I'll second that motion. Board Member Hong? I just want to suggest two minor amendments if the mover of the motion is acceptable. One, 
One is also to review the with staff whether there's any existing trees are worthy for preser preservation, um, not requirement, but like to see an effort made to just review the site trees. And secondly, um, looking into a more decorative gate with the potential of incorporating uh, an art element into the gate design. I accept those. And who's, do we have a second on the- uh, Yes, I, I, would, I would also agree. I, I seconded it, yes. President Marie's may staff just uh, make a clarifying statement about the lighting plan and the trees. Um, on the lighting, I believe uh, sheet A3.02 has some basic minor details, basic details of the fixtures. And I think because it's a simple lighting plan, there's not a full-blown plan. And typically as part of building permit review, um, staff would uh, uh, ask for a photometric plan and we use that to review it for compliance with the dark skies ordinance. And I just wanna confirm that your request is no different than what our standard procedures are for the lighting plan. And then um, second question for the board is really re in regards to trees, I believe staff has reviewed an arborist report for the site. Henry, please confirm for me. I think we've had, we've had a, a detailed right. review of the, of the trees um, on the site. We did receive an arborist report, yes. And, and the answer to your question regarding a photometric is yes, that's what. Standard standard photometric plan, standard lighting details. Okay, thank you. So um, question for board member Teague then, is it still necessary to add that condition because it's already standard um, process? I would like to add it and, and request that staff, you know, try to bring that information to the board when we get the design reviews, because we've now done this on multiple where we're basically saying, can we see the photometric study um, earlier than later in the plan? So. So are you asking for procedural change? For future I am channeling President Sahaba, who would be really very interested in seeing the lighting plan uh, yeah, for the project. And so it, it is something that I think we should be trying to see during these, but we have not made it a firm requirement for it to be approved. We have added it as condition on other design reviews. Okay, so the for staff reviews and, and with what uh, Alan Ty has said, that would be in compliance with the item. Okay. Board Member Hom? Yeah, I just wanted to concur with um, Board Member Teague. Um, I'm used to seeing, uh, or, or I'm used to seeing the planning board or the planning commission receive a lighting plan. So I would like, if it's a change in procedure, I think having that included with the architectural plan to be beneficial. Uh, I appreciate the the detail for the life fixtures, but it doesn't tell me anything when I don't know where they're going to be located. Um, and and I'm willing to drop the requirement about reviewing the tree removal if staff already completed that task. Thank you, board member, board member Curtis. 
thank you, thank you. I'm a little confused. If if this has already been done, are we saying that going forward we should see a lighting plan? But there's, I, I personally don't see any need to bring a lighting plan for this project back to this board, unless it, it's for approval by staff, not us. Well, that works for me. Yeah, and then in the future we would we would have the lighting plan as part of part of our our packet. Perfect. Okay, thank you. And I um, any other board comments? Um, board member Teague, I would like to add the conditions to review the colors with the um, staff. As long as it's staff approval, I will accept it. Yes, it's a staff approval. Reconsider the bright colors that may be um, oftenly associated with affordable housing. Uh, assuming that board member Rothenberg confirms her second, I'm, I'm, I'm fully in support of it. Confirmed. Okay, thank you. Um, yes, Alan. Uh, yeah, so uh, just again, more specific, more specificity, specificity, the better for the applicant. So on colors, any preference for darker palette, certain tones? Um, um, just the accent color to be more muted. Remember Curtis? Not to not to belabor the point with colors. Uh, in in walking the site on McKay, keep in mind that the the elevations were gorgeous that we saw, but the elevations also had the trees transparent. And the reality is is that the McKay itself is a rather dark street, so that your lighter colors, whether they're bright or not, your lighter colors are going to give a lot more light. To the areas around the building than if we had darker colors with those trees. If the trees are put in at their real color, you'd find that the trees, the, the street is, streetscape is shaded substantially and the lighter colors would improve that. Just my two cents worth. Thank you. And I'm only commenting on the accent colors. Not the not the field, just the accent. Thank you. Okay, so um Staff, would you like to repeat the conditions that's put upon the the? Um... Sure, I can do that. Um, so, uh, base landscaping along the K, uh, reinforcing that. Uh, have staff also review the uh, building color, specifically the accent color should be more muted. Um, we would require a, a review of a, a lighting plan, photometric plan as part of the building permit. Um, and then also to work with the applicant to explore more decorative fence or decorative gate. Mm -hmm. Were there others that I might have missed? I think I've, I think that was it. Okay, with that said, that's um, you know, roll call and take a vote. Okay, Portman versus Narrows. Uh, I, you're muted, I believe. Aye. Okay, that thank one? you. Curtis? Aye. Hong? Aye. Rothenberg? Aye. Ruiz? Aye. And board member T? Aye. And that motion passes. Thank you. 
And we have um, continued agenda item 7C to the next meeting. So that's a move on to item um, agenda items number eight. Um, eight A, draft meeting minutes for January 24th, 2022. Do we have any um, corrections or comments? Board member Teague? As I have to switch between the windows. Uh, in regards to seven uh, B, uh, I asked a question regarding Article Twenty Six. It was uh, not proceeding. Not the, the word. That's not the word. Proceeding, not presiding. Thank you. Any other corrections? Do we have a motion? I move that the minutes be approved. Um, staff? Yes. Uh, uh, we would need to open the minutes for uh, public comment. Just a reminder. Oh, sorry. For that. Um, any public comments on the meeting minutes? Seeing none. Um, do we have a motion on the table? Oh, we already have motion. Do we have a second? Second. Okay. Board member Cisneros. Aye. Curtis. Aye. Hong. Abstain. I wasn't able to attend the January 24th, 4th meeting. Uh, Rothenberg. Aye. Rees. Aye. And Teague. Aye. And that motion passes with board member Hom abstaining. Thank you. Um, let's move on to agenda item 8B, draft meeting minutes for February 14th, 2022. Um, any corrections? Um, I have a correction. I actually have two on page six of 10. Um, Vice President Ruiz asked if Webster Street has a uniform height. Not clarified. And page number six of 10, um, second sentence, she also wanted to discuss sight line instead of the lighting. Um, they, were they were used to create these new height limits. Um, having livable streets was important. She thought a shadow stu study should be not a requirement, but a yeah, it's a requirement, but a better gauge on setting building height. Any public comment? That's open for public comments. Any public comments? No. Okay. There's no public comments. Thank you. Um, do we have a motion? I, I move for approval of the February 14th minutes. With the I corrections, second. yeah. I second. 
Hey, board member Cisneros? Aye. Curtis? Aye. Hong? Aye. Uh, Rothenberg? Aye. Ruiz? Aye. Teague? Aye. That motion passes. Thank you. Let's move to um, agenda item 9A, um, staff communications. Planning, building, transportation department, recent actions and decisions. Do we have any comments? Any Anybody want to call for review? Okay, seeing none, that's a move on to um, item number 9B or reports, future public meetings and upcoming planning, building and transportation department projects. Yes, uh, Chair Ruiz, members of the planning board, um, your next meeting, April 11th, um, we have tentatively teed up uh, three items for you. Um, we have continued the uh, housing element discussion. We'll, we're going to bring that back. Uh, it's a larger package of housing element and amendments together. Um, at that meeting, we will also have a, another uh, request for a use permit on the vacant lot on Webster Street for uh, special events. Um, and then uh, at the meet next meeting, there will also be related to the housing element, a uh, request for a development plan amendment for Alameda Point Site A. This is specifically to create capacity at Alameda Point to meet our arena. So those are the three items um, we have teed up Thanks. for your next meeting. Um, we also anticipate canceling the April 25th meeting. So in the next month, there will uh, just be one meeting. Thank you. Um, written communications. They're not seeing none. Let's move on to um, board communications. Board members may ask a question for clarification, make a brief announcement, or make brief report on his or her activities. In addition, the board may provide a referral to staff or other resources for factory information, request staff to report back to the body at a subsequent meeting concerning a city matter or through the chair, direct staff, to place a request to agenda, agendize a matter of business on a future agenda. Any board communications? Seeing none, that's a move on to oral communications. Anyone may address the board on the topic, not on the agenda under this item by submitting a speaker's information slip or raise your hand, um, subject to the three minute time limit. Do we have any member of the public? There are no members of the public uh, with their hand up. Thank you. Seeing none, um, the meeting is adjourned. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. We'll see Bye. you.